today, Rinpoche elucidated the stages of equalizing and exchanging self with others by way of the 13 points made in Jayan Shema's commentary. So, once again, uh, we were looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, specifically the section uh, in training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. And when we get to that uh, section, uh, we arrive at a part where we find um, two causal lineages for uh, realizing or achieving the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Um, and one of those causal lineage, the second, uh, is the teaching of equalizing and exchanging self with others that was passed down from Master Shantideva. Uh, so that's the section that we're dealing with right now uh, in the text. So if you turn to page 51 in the English, um, there's not an actual page number there for that, but uh, if you find 49 or 53, you'll find it. Uh, so that's where the chapter starts in the English. Um, and there are three categories um, under that major heading of uh, the, the teachings of equalizing and exchanging self with others passed down from Master Shantideva. And um, so the three categories are as follows. First, contemplating the benefits of exchanging self with others and the faults of not exchanging self with others. Second category is the ability to exchange self with other and if, if you accustom yourself to the thought of doing so, if you become familiarized, if you familiarize yourself with that thought. Uh, and then the third category, the stages of meditating on how to exchange self and others. So those are the three categories that deal with this section on Shantideva's uh, practice. So uh, that's where we are, and uh, welcome, everyone. Thank you for coming. Okay, Deegso. So the familiarization or the meditation, because again, these are the same exact word. We just some translators use meditation, some use familiarization, but the word in Tibetan gom is really more literally translated as to become familiar with familiarization. So. Um, what is this uh, benefit and the faults? What, it, what does this mean of exchanging, equalizing and exchanging self with others? So the actual practice that one is trying to do is taking the attitude that cherishes oneself, taking that self-cherishing attitude and then transforming it to an attitude which cherishes others. So here we cherish ourselves and what we have and our things and our parts uh, and we cherish it in this very deep way. And the exchange is the exchange of that attitude to one that has that same level of cherishing for others. Uh, um, 
uh, needs and so forth. Uh, so uh, this is the exchange. It's an exchange of attitude uh, that transforms the self-cherishing attitude to one that cherishes others. Uh, so this is what the exchange is. Um, so there are benefits uh, and to doing so and downfalls to not doing so. So all of the torment that we've experienced since beginningless time in any among the realms of cyclic existence, the sufferings of the hell, hungry ghost, uh, and animal, oh, and the sufferings experienced in even the higher realms of the humans, uh, demigods, and gods, uh, all of the various types of sufferings of the three realms of cyclic existence that are experienced are caused by self-cherishing attitude, an attitude of self-centered, self-cherishing. Um, so all of the negativities and downfalls uh, and sorrow uh, has been created by this attitude. Then the opposite attitude, which is an attitude that cherishes others, has been the cause for all of our happiness. All forms of, uh, all uh, happiness that we've experienced in any of the six realms of cyclic existence uh, has been a result of our attitude of cherishing other beings. Uh, so this is, when we look at that first category, the benefits and the faults, we see that since beginningless time, every bit of suffering we've experienced has been from cherishing ourselves, and every bit of happiness we've experienced has been from cherishing others. So number two deals with the attitude, I'm sorry, deals with the potential. Let me just fix this. Testing one. Closer. Okay. But then it rubs. I just have to... How's that? Is that good? All right. Because <laughs> I can't see it, so I don't know. I just don't like it when my ear gets pushed forward. Um, all right. So the ability to, ex uh, to exchange, uh, equalizing and exchange itself with others. So what this means, category number two, is that it's possible to generate this attitude. Um, because a doubt may arise. Is it really possible to generate an attitude which cherishes others? Um, so... This cat next category says, yes, it's possible. If you familiarize yourself with it over and over uh, again, then you will be able to uh, generate this, this attitude. Um, so this is uh, category number two, um, is that if you familiarize yourself with this idea of, of, of exchanging self with others, that if you do it over and over again, that yes, it will become a reality, it will become a realization. Um, and uh, the more, 
Sajjit Thanji Rugu Kama Yomaru Ta. Sajjit Thanji Rugu Kama Yomaru Ta. Sajjit Thanji Rugu Kama Gumba Yina. Gumba Tinga Nishya Tureyes. Less so. So there is a meditation that one does uh, where you imagine that the whole entire ground is filled with corpses. Um, uh, or, or uh, yeah, corpses. Um, so you do this meditation, and you can actually, it, it says, achieve single-pointed concentration based on this uh, meditation of, uh, um, of impermanence and so forth. So it's a meditation where the, the whole grounds, everything all around are, are just bodies and corpses. So you can achieve single-pointed concentration based on that meditation. But the ground isn't really full of corpses. I mean, this isn't something that's true. It's something that you familiarize yourself with and then can actually single-pointedly visualize. So it's similar to that, that if you do this over and over again, you can accustom your mind to this idea and to the point where it's pliable and it then becomes its way of thinking. Um, so this is how that, that it's transformed. Um, in, in a similar way, where you imagine this corpses all around. Okay. So the last category, number three, are the stages of meditating on how to exchange uh, self with others. And uh, in this section, uh, there are the obstacles uh, to training in this attitude that are presented or brought up. And according to Jayan Sheba's commentary, there are actually 13 categories that Lama Tsongkhapa presents in this section. Uh, so we'll go through that. Rimshi said we've done this before, but we'll go through this now. Okay, so we're going to actually start it. Uh, Rimshi said we've gone through this, so we'll start at the number 10, 10th category. So just find out, find it. 18. 18. Okay, Okay, then so three eighteen lagging, that's good. Three eighteen. Okay, so the English Dana Shangi Dun others needs, therefore understand the full I believe it's therefore after conquers children. Hold on. Shiva. 
the result of enlightenment, the goal of enlightenment. Yeah, therefore, okay, so right in the center of page uh, 58, um, we'll see, therefore, after conquerors' children understand, um, so that's where number 10 will begin. Nyukule, nyuku is sprout. sprout. Okay. Yeah. Devushan Shantu Shantu Jesse Shantu 
लब छी शोभलाया शोभला राम मैं बंजू भाई देस सिंधु शकाई जैसे जमजू से शोभा तुले शांजू से बस राम मैं बंजू नुकरेस जो भाई दे तनी लेस शोजू इना नि जितने भी सवाजे नि जितने भी सवाजे शांजू से शांसेन्यो को लेशोवा जेंदो तेंजी जेंदो तेंदे शांचू ने जयसे जयसे न गुंबशे काजी कोंबे तेंबा ने जेंजे दोंगे जे तेना दे जेंगे तेना साथे दवा तोने चां नामे बया जोबशे दे नोसा चिंगाय चिंगाय दिन तांबी जो चुचो चेसोस चेसो वो तो बस चुची रहे दो चुची तो लूं खासी डाउन दो लूं दे चुची खाबा गुट्सो को दो दे लूं चुची चुची चुबा दो चुबा चुची इधरे ताने चुते दासे उतने में चुची गुट्सो हो रहे ओके देने दे लूं कांगा जू तामत चुबा चुबा कौन रहा ओके ओके देने दे एनजी के The on the Konadeng the Jason the Zuchen the NGKs the Ran Ranchen Kichen Zuchen. Then here I can say here I I get to get to get. I get here but do I learn? Sunda here I saw the Sunda here. Here I saw the I get here but the one I get. Pichen Zuchen the Ranchen what the I get here but do I learn? So number 10 begins here. Therefore, let me read through it. Therefore, after the conqueror's children understand that full absorption in others' welfare and the goal of enlightenment arise from the sprout of the spirit of enlightenment, and after they see that its root is compassion, they are very intent on cultivating compassion. They become thoroughly conditioned to it so that their compassion and spirit of enlightenment become firm. Thereupon they cannot help but engage in the deeds of the great undertaking that is most challenging. Um, so we'll stop there. Uh, the, the quote is also contained in number 10 as well. Um, but there are different types of enlightenment. Uh, so here uh, it says, after conqueror's children understand that full absorption in others' welfare and the goal of enlightenment arise from the sprout of the spirit of enlightenment. Okay, so here it says the goal of enlightenment. There are different types of enlightenment. Uh, so there is the hearer enlightenment, there is the enlightenment of the solitary realizer, and then there is the bodhisattva enlightenment, the Mahayana enlightenment, which is, as a translator's note, Buddhahood. Um, so this here, goal of enlightenment, is only speaking of Buddhahood. It's speaking of the Mahayana enlightenment um, because it says arise from the sprout of the spirit of enlightenment. The spirit of enlightenment is bodhicitta, the mind that aspires to enlightenment, uh, which is not found in those other vehicles, uh, um, neither the hearer nor solitary realizer. It's only in the uh, great vehicle where we find that. Um, so here, the specific enlightenment that's being spoken of uh, is Buddhahood. Uh, is the Mahayana enlightenment. And the Mahayana enlightenment arises, it says, uh, from the sprout of the spirit of enlightenment. So from the mind that aspires to enlightenment, from bodhicitta, 
the Buddha arises, the, the goal of complete enlightenment arises, um, and they, it says they see that the root of all of this is great compassion. So the root of the, uh, the, the, root of the Mahayana path itself is great compassion. So realizing this, they train uh, extensively in this great compassion, which then gen forces them into this generation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment, which then eventually becomes the, the cause for the complete Buddhahood. Um, and uh, Rinpoche went through a, a series of um, divisions of condition. Um, I'm going to have to table that till later. I don't have the vocabulary to do it properly right now. But he was saying that these are specific conditions that um, when we look at the bodhicitta um, and we look at uh, great compassion, um, um, there's ways to categorize them in terms of the type of condition for the arisal of Buddhahood. And it's just like two words we're, we're missing here. I'm missing here. So I just rather table it instead of make something up that isn't correct um, or that might not be exact. Um, so there, this great compassion and um, uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment give rise to Buddhahood. Great compassion gives rise to omniscience. Without great compassion, omniscience is not possible. Uh, and we see in many, many different texts this pointed out. In the Mahayana Sutra Alamkara, it says its root is great compassion. And what it's speaking of there uh, is uh, the Mahayana path at that point. So its root is great compassion. Uh, and then in the uh, Kamala Shila's middle stages of meditation, it's also pointed out that great compassion is the root uh, of omniscience and so forth. So we find in many ta texts um, this pointed out, and then also we'll find it in the quote that's about to occur from Shanti Deva's Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life. So we find this sentiment in many, many different texts uh, um, where it speaks of this. Um, and then it, here it says they become thoroughly conditioned to it so that their compassion and spirit of enlightenment become firm. So this constant familiarization with these core attitudes makes them solid and stable and, and incontrovertible, makes it so these actual foundations are immovable and they're actually very stable um, by doing this over and over again, by this continuous familiarization. It says, thereupon they cannot help but engage in the deeds of the great undertaking that is most challenging. So this familiarization makes it the bodhisattva... Um, I'm sorry, this familiarization forces the bodhisattva to engage in these deeds. He or she doesn't have a choice because of this great compassion, which is, um, uh, uh, which permeates the, his or her mind. So the great compassion that permeates the bodhisattva's mind forces him or her to aid others, forces him or her to engage in generosity. And here it says, engage in the deeds of great undertaking that is most challenging. Enforces, there's the story of uh, the generosity of giving one's flesh, where the Buddha was a bodhisattva and, and fed uh, uh, starving tigers uh, with his own skin. He shaved it off with a stick to feed them when he was a bodhisattva. Um, so we see stories like this, and what Rinpoche is saying is that the bodhisattva, and it's saying here, is that the bodhisattva isn't independent doesn't have a choice in the matter. 
um, is overcome by this great compassion um, and, and forced, and this is a positive thing, and forced to help others and forced to engage in generosity. So thereupon they cannot help but engage in the deed. So where it says they cannot help, it's like they don't have independence because their great compassion makes them go do this. Um, and just as a translator's note, our minds are saturated by attachment, so we're forced to want things. Like bodhisattvas is only has this want to have others be happy, so they're forced to, 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 to make that happen. Um, so that's, that's how that works. Um, so they can't help but engage in these deeds because of this constant familiarization. They've, they, they've, it's almost like they don't have independence uh, because the, the mind is what creates Buddhahood. They're, the Buddhahood doesn't come from any external source or any type of uh, form. The Buddhahood comes from the mind itself. And then the mind uh, is saturated with great compassion uh, and a desire to become a Buddha for the sake of others then that becomes its primary motivation at all times and nothing else comes into play at that point for the, bo for the Buddha or the Bodhisattva. It says, the essay on the spirit of enlightenment states, the fruit of enlightenment solely for others' welfare grows from the sprout of the spirit of enlightenment, uh, which has a root of firm compassion. That is what conquerors' children cultivate. Um, so here, conquerors' children are Bodhisattvas. Uh, the root of their bodhicitta is great compassion <coughs> that has been cultivated over and over again and has become very firm and stable, and it has been done solely for others' welfare. So this enlightenment that, is, uh, arrive, uh, that the bodhisattva arrives at is done only for others, solely for the sake of others. Um, and it says... One who stabilizes this through conditioning, so through meditation, through familiarization, though initially terrified by the suffering of others, later gives up even the bliss of meditative stabilization and enters the unwavering hell. This is amazing. This is praiseworthy. This is the superior way of excellent beings. Uh, so here it says initially you become, you're afraid of suffering and afraid to um, uh, actually have to take on some kind of a difficult situation for others. And once you cultivate this and become familiar with it, you would throw yourself into hell for someone else. Um, so that's what basically the point that's being made here uh, in number 10. Kanga Lasso, let me check. That Juji, but then the Tane, two the dollars, or ten Juji the Lemore, Tane, two the dollars, or to go to India, India, and then all last I visit it. Tane, two the dollars. Tambanaji so we're now, uh, again, page 58, right after the quote from Shanti Deva. Um, and, it, and it says, rely, basically it'll go on to say, rely on these stories of these previous beings that you've heard. They're called the Namtar, the liberation... Uh, 
stories. They're basically the namtara, the stories of how this particular being got liberated and how this particular being got liberated. It's each of their stories of their individual liberation. They're called the namtars. Um, and uh, so it's saying study these namtars of how these other beings got enlightened and then, and then follow their example, basically. Uh, so this is what number 11 is going to go on to, to say. Okay, then, uh, so <coughs> Rinpoche said it's a bit long, number uh, 11, so let's take it in stages or parts. Um, so, number 11, now also develop certainty about these methods by means of the sayings of excellent beings as follows. Uh, Atisha said, Tibet recognizes bodhisattvas who do not know how to train in love and compassion. Someone then asked, well then how should bodhisattvas practice? He replied, they must learn it in stages from the beginning. So this is written in a uh, joke format in the Tibetan. Um, and, and it's written in a sarcastic way, uh, saying that, yeah, Tibet recognizes bodhisattvas that don't train in love and compassion. So that's obviously sarcasm because someone can't become a bodhisattva without realizing love and compassion. Those are pre-steps to bodhicitta, 
And someone doesn't become a bodhisattva until they have bodhicitta. So it's basically preposterous that someone thinks that they're a bodhisattva but don't know how to train in love and compassion because their mind would be saturated with that in order to get to bodhicitta. Um, so the, the point is, is then Atisha says they have to learn in stages from the beginning. So that's kind of the joke too. It's, it's hard to bring into English in this sarcastic way that it's put. But it's basically saying like, Tibet recognizes these bodhisattvas that don't uh, know anything about love and compassion. Uh, so if you're saying uh, that there's something for them to practice that they aren't practicing, what should they practice? And Atisha says, the steps from the beginning, which mean first recognizing all sentient beings are our mothers, then remembering their kindness, then wishing to repay their kindness, then developing love through the force of attraction, then developing great compassion, then developing the extraordinary attitude, then developing bodhicitta. So these are, this is the seven-point cause and effect for realizing bodhicitta. So as you can see, part of the causes, there's six causes and one result, are love and compassion. So you see how it's preposterous that someone could say, I'm a bodhisattva, but not have realized love and compassion because they're causes of bodhicitta. Um, so that's uh, Atisha saying, if someone wants to practice, they have to start at the beginning there's no skipping steps. But he's basically saying, you, you know, these bodhisattvas seem to have gotten to skip all these steps, but you can't. So you have to start at the beginning, realize the first step, then realize the second step, then realize the third step. It's not, there's no skipping, there's no way to be a bodhisattva without having realized this, etc. So it'll go on to um, support those kind of sentiments uh, and all be contained within 11. Okay, Rinpoche. The injike, the joklang, the selpu yomari, the joklang yomari, and yay, the joklang zusun, and konsohakogubu. A lot of time, a lot of time, she is a katambukishin. A lot of time, she is a show button, any la, matotujitan, tatojitan, juguyus, show button, sharawaina, show button, any la, lot of time, sharawai. Nanila, Dajinabaji Dakshin Yamje Dang Juje Menga Dun Yamdu, the Gom Yure, Chikshina Juje Yure. Then Yamdu Gom, the Lamrim Nangla, the Yure. What the Chikshina Juje Yure? The Nijan Hagoe Mara, 
Okay, so uh, <coughs> there's going to be a lot more, so we're just taking this again in sections by sections. Um, so then uh, um, he replied, they must learn in stages from the beginning. Then uh, <coughs> uh said to Shapopa, this uh, Kadampa, um, great 
uh, old Kadampa masters uh, that are being cited here. Uh, Langritamba wrote the eight verses uh, um, for mind training. Uh, and I have uh, 18 human strategies and one horse strategy for a total of 19. Um, so Rimache said he can't find in the commentaries um, a commentary what the 18 number is. And we said that perhaps it's the, some way there is a meditation <coughs> where you combine the seven point and, e and the equalizing and exchanging self with others practice. Um, so there could be 18 there. It's possible if you add equanimity and so forth in there. Uh, so we'll have to look that up. So the 18 aren't clear uh, what that number specifically is for. Uh, and it's not clarified within the body of the text either. So uh, it's something that someone could go look up. Uh, Rimche said we'd have to look further into. Uh, and one horse strategy for a total of 19. Our human strategy is simply to develop the spirit of en highest enlightenment and learn to do whatever we do for the sake of living beings. Um, so here it is to uh, develop this bodhicitta and then do whatever for the sake of living beings. So it's very straightforward, um, uh, not antagonistic, easy approach if it's possible. And they said, but then there's our horse strategy is this, since self-cherishing keeps the spirit of enlightenment, which not, has not yet arisen from arising. So um, given that you are still in cyclic existence, um, means that the self-cherishing attitude has not been abandoned you still have this self-cherishing attitude. So whatever efforts have been made up to this point have not negated or abandoned the self-cherishing attitude. It has remained thus far. It, and it says, since this self-cherishing attitude keeps coming up and stopping the spirit of enlightenment from arising, it seems like there's something needs to be done immediately about that problem. Um, so... It says, which has not arisen, for, and destabilizes that which has arisen and prevents its increase. So not only does it prevent, once something does happen a little bit, it destabilizes and prevents it from actually growing or maturing. Um, so it says, uh, well, so what can be done? It says, train by keeping self-cherishing away and doing what you can to damage it. So you literally are working at, at it little by little. Uh, anytime it starts to arise, do anything you can to, uh, to direct an opponent towards that self-cherishing attitude to weaken it um, over and over again. And, and it says, um, cherish living beings and do whatever you can to help them. So it's basically do whatever you can to get rid of the self-cherishing and then do the best you can to help others um, at all times and make that your constant effort um, of daily, daily effort is to try to ward off the self-cherishing attitude and try to help others to the best of your ability. Uh, okay, so we'll stop here for a moment. Rimshi said yeah. we'll take a break. Um, I believe that this goes all the way to, to the, um, almost to the, the last paragraph. Let's see, look, scriptures. Yeah, it's probably that. One sec. Oh, good man, that's a target hit number, said, or could you? I'll get down with what? Okay.
Okay, so uh, we're once again, we're on page 59. Um, and right in the middle um, or so. Gushitomba. Grontomba. Rotomba Jiro. Nejo Chempo. So, yeah, we're where it says uh, Nejo Chempo. Um, where, right where we left off. Okay. Gushitomba Las. Rotomba. Nejo Chempo. Kula. Lun. Longer, <laughs> Gumba ne Nekayuare uh, so then we have a conversation between Geshe uh, Don Tompa and uh, it says Nejor Champo. Nejor Champo explained to Geshe Don Tompa. So just as an English translated, uh, Nejor Chempo is just the great yogi, so, something like that. So a great yogi explained to Drone Tompa um, that he had had this uh, and that meditative concentration... Uh, I'm, so let me start. Nejor Chempo explained to Geshe Drone Tompa that he had had this and that meditative concentration wherein the energy balances and absorbs and so forth. Geshe Drone Tompa explained... Even if you have meditation undisturbed, even by the beating of a large drum close to your ear, if you do not have love, compassion, and the spirit of enlightenment, you will be born in a, reborn in a place that to avoid you must now confess day and night. 
John Tompa thinks that Nejor Chempo is proceeding so as to cause his rebirth in a state lacking leisure, such as a rebirth as an ordinary being of the formless realm or the like. Um, so uh, there's a warning basically being given by Geshe Drone Tompa that it, even if you've um, developed this single-pointed concentration with this absorption and release and so forth, um, this won't be a cause for anything more than uh, a formless realm rebirth or a form realm rebirth. Uh, it says, or the like, a former formless realm rebirth. Um, it will not be a cause for enlightenment. And it says, in order to have that not happen, you need to start confessing uh, and practicing right now because that's where you're headed uh, without the addition of love and compassion in your practice. If you're just practicing on concentrating. Raja给主神见了 Raja给主神见了，原来是这些呗。神见这张，我叫了这张王松。那次的三千三楼当个嘛的，电影孙三的Jepo so then this this will end number eleven. So it says Columba said, though our disinterest in through our disinterest in living beings who are what is most important, they will also do the same to us. So the meaning of this is that if we don't think about benefiting sentient beings, then they won't be of benefit to us. And what that means is we can't achieve Buddhahood. We achieve Buddhahood in dependence upon our care for sentient beings. So if we don't think about benefiting them, then they can't benefit us. So we can't become enlightened, basically. Uh, not bring the benefit of virtue. So um, by thinking of benefiting them, we get virtue, which leads to happiness. So they're basically bringing us happiness. So if we don't think about benefiting them, they can't benefit us. So that's the meaning behind that. It's a little, in the Tibetan, it's written very subtly uh, and hard to cl clarify. But that's what the meaning of it is, is that if we don't think about benefiting others, we won't get what the virtue that comes from that. So they can't, then nothing will happen in the future. So it's like by benefiting others, they benefit us. It's a circle. So now we start 
Cuma miba, cümle zündela, tundu be, cümle zündela, lüce, lüce, cümle zündela, 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 cümle ตัตตาบุตเตนเบสุรอดังคนเรลตาที่จุรุตุสะที่ดิดิเกจิเดบะชงรายาตะตะตุยอนลุยอนนาสะบันซะวาเทงเบเนเลดุมะชุงชิง
So, Rinpoche said there's a lot of advice that uh, Jay Rinpoche gives in this section, so um, he stopped and said, let's just translate what he's given so far, and then we'll keep going. Um, so this is number 12, and uh, I think 12, right? Yeah, 12. Whether you plant the roots of the Mahayana or not, or whether you have genuinely entered the Mahayana or not, is all founded upon this. Uh, this isn't in the Tibetan, but love, compassion, cherishing others, and the like. Therefore, always consider what you should do to develop these. It is excellent if you do develop them. If you have not, do not let it remain that way. Always rely on a teacher who gives this kind of teaching. Always associate with friends who are training in their, mi their minds in this way. Constantly look at the scriptures and their commentaries which describe these. Amass the collections as causes for these. Um, Okay, so there's a, a large amount of advice given here. Um, so in order to begin to practice the Mahayana, it's necessary to develop the realizations required um, <coughs> to generate the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Because the generation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment is the line of demarcation between Mahayanist and non-Mahayanist, Bodhisattva and non-Bodhisattva. So once one generates Bodhicitta, he or she becomes a Bodhisattva, he or she becomes a Mahayanist. Um, so the generation of these realizations are necessary in order to become a Mahayanist. So it's as if uh, whether you have genuinely entered the Mahayana or not is all founded upon this. So love, compassion, cherishing others and the like. Um, so these are all causes for bodhicitta. So bodhicitta is what makes you a Mahayanist. Um, therefore, always consider what you should do to develop these. It is excellent if you develop them. If you have not, do not let it remain that way. So if you have not developed these realizations of love and compassion and so forth, begin to do so by the formulas that have been just taught, the, the familiarizations that have been presented uh, in this chapter on love, compassion, <coughs> cherishing others, etc. Um, and then it says, always rely on a friend, on a teacher who gives this kind of teaching. Um, so there are many different kinds of teachers uh, and teachers who don't teach the Mahayana so because this is a Mahayana practice, you need to find a Mahayana teacher. Uh, so in order to learn the great vehicle, you have to have a great vehicle teacher um, to teach you that. So it says that where it says, gives this kind of teaching, that's referring to a Mahayana teacher, not a Hinayana teacher, a Mahayana teacher specifically, because these are Mahayana tenets. It says, always associate with friends who are training their minds in this way. If you associate with others who have excellent qualities better than yours or have qualities higher than your own, your own qualities will increase. If you surround yourselves with 
folks of that with higher quality of ethics and so forth, yours will your excellent qualities will increase as well. Um, so it's this is what it says: associate with friends who are training their minds in this way. So positive friends, people who have excellent qualities, so you can develop excellent qualities. Constantly look at scriptures and their constant commentaries which describe these. The many um, uh, great vehicle texts uh, in the Kangjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha and the Tanjur, the authentic Indian commentaries. Um, so there are texts about all you know, the Hinayana, the Mahayana, all the different um, pronounced, all the different um, tenets or divisions of Buddhism uh, are presented within the Kangjur and Tanjur. So this advice is saying specifically look to those commentaries and root texts that are about the Mahayana in order to learn this information. Um, and then amass uh, the collections uh, as causes for these. So uh, in order to um, <coughs> understand and realize <coughs> all of these um, topics, it's necessary to amass and collect merit. So uh, throughout the process of becoming enlightened, this accumulation of merit over and over again, this amassing of, of merit is necessary uh, in order to become a Buddha. Um, so those masses of merit become causes for love, causes for compassion, causes for the, the exchange of that self-cherishing attitude with one that cherishes others. Um, so w it's necessary to um, grow this merit. So by doing um, prayers such as the seven-limb prayer, we accumulate merit. Um, by engaging in um, confession of our negativities or acknowledgement of our downfalls, uh, we pur purify obstructions, we clear away obstacles that we might have. By doing the texts such as the 35 Buddhas of Confession, uh, we're able to purify our misdeeds. We're able to amass and, and collect uh, merit. In that text you find um, um, the rejoicing and the confessing. These are all ways uh, to collect merit, to amass the collections, it says. Um, so the 35 Buddhas of Confession, the Seven Limb Prayer, all of these are used to acknowledge downfalls, to amass the collections. And then uh, it, we want to be able to stabilize the imprints um, so that uh, they will definitely give rise to what we want. It says amass the collections as causes for these. We, we want to stabilize uh, all of these imprints that we have. So by acknowledging our downfalls, by doing the seven limb prayer, by accumulating, confessing, um, and then also doing things that um, increase. So there's, there's actual accumulation, then there's increase of what we already have um, uh, the, as well. So we also want this increase. So we want purification, accumulation, and increase of what we have. So by doing seven limb prayers and so forth, we have those components of, of purification, of accumulation, and of increase of what's already been accumulated. Um, so uh, this is, is difficult um, to do, but it becomes more uh, easier as one becomes more familiar with it. Um, it's clear way. Okay, I I don't believe Rinpoche went into that sentence. So that's it. Kanga Lasso. That's the second one. That's the third one. Those.
çoğu çembiyiz. Adice. Çoğu çembiyiz. Tebat çembiyiz. Çeçenci gurur. Cun döbiyiz. Tebat çembiyiz. Cuhan döbiyiz. Yine. Cun döbiyiz. Lüçün karşı kusuna. Ne mühese. Rahatçedici mühese. Ne. Dibacınıyor. Dibacınıyor. Şey var. Nenda tabi şançu sen lojan kuruyuz. Nenda tabi tabi şançu sen lojan çeyna rançizinin mevasan devre, devatan devreyiz. Kepan bebe çeyan ron, şeyson bataro. Kepan lojan çeyni çekuva yine lojan çekuruyuz. Kepan bebe çeyan ron, şeyson bataro. O zaman çeyni duyduğun. Um. More, moreover, if you train your mind in this way, you will definitely acquire all the seeds for developing these. So work is not insignificant. Take joy in it. Um, so I, that's what I missed from before. Um, you will acquire all the seeds for developing these. The seeds are the imprints, uh, the imprints within our continuum that give rise to experience. Um, so if we train in this way, in the way presented in this text, we will leave imprints that will give rise to this experience. Uh, he says, acquire all the seeds for developing these. We will get the imprints that give rise to love, give rise to compassion, give rise to it, an attitude that cherishes others by familiarization and by leaving those imprints. Um, and then who said this? Uh, the, the great elder Atisha, Lord Atisha. Uh, and it says... One who wishes to enter the door of the Mahayana teaching should develop through effort over eons the spirit of enlightenment, which is like the sun that clears away darkness and the moon that quells the torment of heat. Uh, so that's number 12. <laughs> Teba çeçüğünün kalkı çocuğun. Cokunun sence konağız. Teba çeçüğünün teba çeçüğünün kalkı çocuğun. Cokunun sence konağız. Teba çeçüğünün çocuğu. Teba çeçüğünün çocuğu dila vade. Semçeğin. Bir parayı dışın bir tebatan. Sana düzce tebatan. Niye ki cokunun sence kuruyuz. Teba çeçüğünün kalkı çocuğun. Cokunun sence konağız. Lanetçe bu kutu var yoru. Mm. Um, so, uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment is the door to the great vehicle. It is the only door to the great vehicle. Um, so when we look at the great vehicle, the perfection vehicle, there are two categories. There is the causal perfection vehicle and the resultant perfection vehicle. So the, as a note, the resultant perfection vehicle is Tantra, Tantrayana. So there's the causal perfection vehicle, Sutra. Resultant perfection vehicle, Tantra. Um, so all of those practices are the great under the main, main heading of great vehicle. So the only entrance into the great vehicle is the mind that aspires to enlightenment. <laughs> Uh, so the entrance into Tantra is an initiation. 
but the entrance into the tantric vehicle is the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So that's how we find this distinction, because we know that it's said in many texts, you enter, mon mantra, you enter mantra through an initiation. But as soon as you say vehicle, then it falls under the category of Mahayana vehicle. And then therefore, the entrance to the Mahayana vehicle is bodhicitta. The entrance to Tantra is an initiation. The entrance to the Tantric vehicle is the mind that aspires to enlightenment. That's the differentiation when you look at the etymology of the words and how they break down. So, so the abandonment <coughs> of the great vehicle is the self-cherishing attitude. So when we look at what is the, what is the great vehicle abandoned, it abandons the self-cherishing attitude. Um, so this is the abandonment. So understanding that a, ro a rope is a rope and not a snake is the antidote to the grasping at a rope as a snake, knowing that it's a rope. So this idea of wanting to become a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings is an opponent to the self-cherishing attitude. So this idea of, of uh, wanting to become a Buddha for the sake of everyone then serves as an opponent to that attitude which cherishes oneself. So Rinpoche phrased it, does in a way that does it? The answer is yes. So does the uh, mind that aspires to enlightenment, which is an attitude which wishes to become a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings, serve as an antidote to the self-cherishing attitude? Yes, it does. So if the, um, there is a, uh, an antidote to the self-cherishing attitude, then is the self-cherishing attitude an abandonment? Oh, so then is the, okay, so is the, so is the self-cherishing attitude virtue or non-virtue? Um, because the here in solitary realizer, have an attitude which wishes to become liberated for themselves alone, which is renunciation. So is the self-cherishing attitude virtuous or non-virtuous? So a debate ari can arise when you think about it um, because the, the enlightenment of the lower vehicles comes about through this attitude of self-cherishing. Um, so this is a question that, that's a debate topic. So, so, so if it has an antidote, it is an abandonment. And I guess in the first chapter of the Abhisama Alamkara, the points made, um, I'm writing like the line of understanding on this, so... Uh, that's why I'm not able to clarify it beyond the literal words that I'm translating. Um, but uh, the, yeah. So it it's a, if it has an antidote, it, ha it is an abandonment according to uh, 
just real quickly, if it has an antidote, uh, it is an abandonment, according to the first chapter of the Abhisama Alamkara. But we look at the case of here in Solitary Realizer, where that self-cherishing attitude becomes the cause for their enlightenment. But we would say that it has an antidote because they could become a Mahayanist. So this is how the, a debate would form, because you can see that it isn't always necessarily the case, depending on what it's focused at. Um, so I'm just trying to clarify within the words. Okay. So it's it says in Penchen Son Andrapa's text that if it has uh, an antidote, then it is an abandonment. If if there is an antidote, then it is an abandonment. So when we look at the self-cherishing attitude and the mind that aspires to enlightenment and we compare these, many doubts uh, can arise when we look at um, an attitude that cherishes yourself in reality um, and how that relates to the Mahayana, and, but also the rest of the vehicles as well. Um, so the, um, uh, in the Tibetan, this word pongja is uh, like the afflictions are pongja, or, or what you abandon on the path. These are the panjas. The, the afflictions are, are, are the obstructions to omniscience are the panja of, for the Mahayanist. The afflictive obstructions are the panja for the Hinayanist. Uh, so that's what this word we're using, abandonments, means or is, relates to in other examples. So the abandonments for the Hinayanist are the obstructions to liberation. The abandonments for the Mahayanist are the obstructions to omniscience. The pongja, the, the donda, detsila. Can you understand the teichen pongja, the shiji, the teme pongja, the nyonji, the pongja gare. Inji ke the pongja, the tsik, detsiken sapudu pechiche. So if it is an abandonment of the Hinayanist, Rimache is saying, then it is necessarily an abandonment of the Mahayanist. Uh, so, then, so then we could say there is something which is uh, um, an abandonment of the Mahayanist, but not an abandonment of the Hinayanist. And we would say the obstructions to omniscience, uh, or the imprints of the grasping at true establishment. The imprints of the grasping at true establishment are not abandonments for the Hinayanist, but they are abandonments for the Mahayanist. So then 13, moving on, uh, say, Mm. Okay, so then 13, there's just a tiny bit. Um, uh, it says, the measure of producing the spirit of enlightenment. Understand the measure of producing the spirit of enlightenment as previously explained. So Jay Rinpoche is saying, I've already gone in full detail over what this is. So just look back in what you already read and you'll know. Um, and if you look at the first text, we have the measure of uh, renunciation. There's very clear on what measure refers to if you go to the, the first volume, and it really clarifies what measure refers to. 
um, in terms of these topics. So you would just apply what measure means in that to this and then use the points that are made in this, this section to measure the bodhicitta. So when we, we look at, for instance, the measure um, of renunciation, um, so uh, how do we know? It, it's really like, um, how do you know it's there? The measure of something in the Buddhism means, how do you know it's there? How, okay, with well, a measure of bodhicitta, how do you know that bodhicitta exists? The measure of renunciation. What, what, what has to be there in order for there to be renunciation? So in the um, uh, Three Principal Paths by Lama Tsongkhapa, we find the point being made about renunciation, where it says, day and night, if you are thinking about, um, here it is, uh, I'll just read it. Uh, by constant meditation, you will not entertain a moment's wish even for the successes of life. And you will aim for freedom all day and night. Then you experience transcendent renunciation. So if you aim for freedom all day and night, so meaning if you do nothing in your mind but aim for freedom, meaning you want to be liberated, if all you think about is getting out of samsara, then you have renunciation. So that's the measure of renunciation. So uh, how do you know what's the measure of renunciation if day and night you aim for freedom? So uh, that's what it would mean. Uh, and, it, and it's qualified further a couple of sentences before it, but it says, uh, by constant meditation, your mind will not entertain a moment's wish even for the successes of this life. You will aim for freedom all day and night. So... Mm. So, at this point, um, there's been a large accumulation of virtue that's taken place here. Um, and virtue has to be directed um, at a goal of some sort, or it will just produce some sort of experience of, of happiness, fleeting happiness, and then go away. Um, but if we dedicate the virtue to our full, to becoming Buddhas, to our enlightenment, then that virtue will remain and be a cause, however big or small it is, for our, our eventual enlightenment. Uh, the Buddha said, like a drop of water in a bucket, uh, like a drop of water from a bucket put into an ocean, um, that water does not disintegrate until the entire ocean disintegrates. Likewise, virtue properly dedicated towards enlightenment does not dissolve or disintegrate um, until it becomes a cause for that, that eventual enlightenment. Um, so it's pretty close. So you see this quote a lot um, and, and quotes similar to it. Um, so dedication is very important. And that's why Rimche always stresses that at the end. Uh, whenever we end a class or whenever you do something virtuous, you should always 
dedicated to becoming a Buddha for the sake of others. We want our virtues uh, to not be like the fruit of a banana tree, which only uh, arises uh, and then bears no more fruit. Uh, the, the, the parishes. So we want it to be something that continues. So as we, as individuals, um, accumulate virtue, it's important that we dedicate the virtue that we have accumulated. Uh, so uh, one week later, Garshane. Okay, so next week is the party. Um, so it's Sunday? So Saturday, and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. So we won't have class, correct? No class, no Tara Puja, nada. Nient. So everyone, please come to the party, though. Ted has the information, John has information. Priscilla has information. Everyone probably but me has information. Uh, so uh, <laughs> if you need information, ask anyone but me, uh, and they'll give you the party address and, and all of that. Um, yeah. I'm not always on the pulse. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, we will end there. Thank you very much, everyone. Again, I apologize for being late. I, just, I work seven days a week and have this crazy operations manager job that requires me to always be doing something and <laughs> you get it. Samsara. Padma Sambhava said, Samsara is like standing on top of a needle. You don't ever get a break. <laughs> All right, you ready? The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well, with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara attends in Yatso. May you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wanda, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, a spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rimachi Guti Shapi Denrana, Matsu Lam Rim Chambo Kanga Chirana.